Thanks for joining us on the Southside Church Podcast. We seek to build real followers of Jesus, so we hope that you find this message both encouraging and insightful. Let's jump in. Hey guys, thank you for joining us today. Welcome to Southside Online. I'm so glad to have you here and be a part of this day with us as we walk through this series in January called Reset. Because January is a great time to reset. And uh, I don't know about you, but I'm hoping 2022 is going to be a lot better than 2020 and 2021. But I do know this. I believe we have great opportunities to, uh, to allow God to work in us so that He can work through us. Because this age that we are in today. It is an age of great uncertainty, fear, turmoil, doubt, and it brings all kinds of anxiety and stress and worry into people's lives. What a great opportunity it is for the church to speak into that and the church to bring Jesus into that and live that out in a way that people can see the power of God working in us so that they would want it in themselves. And so we want to reset. I do. I want to reset in my life and and find find specific things that the Bible speaks to in my life. The Bible speaks to every issue you face and every struggle that you have. But as we've walked through this series, we've talked about all kinds of different things, the secret to happiness. We've talked about uh, you can't outgive God and and having a being a a, a, li- a life giver. And uh, because the more you give, the more you live. And today we're going to look at anxiety and the answer to, to anxiety and how to find true peace and joy in our life. And finally, we'll end it talking about the true key to fulfillment in life. And we're looking at that through a, a passage of Scripture called the Sermon on the Mount. Now, if you want to follow along with this, you can go to the Southside Church app in your app store. There you can find weekend services. Go find sermon notes and download those, and you can track along with us, not just that, but also questions to aid you in your study time and uh, just a reading plan that you can follow along with us. We invite you to do that. Come, grow with us. Man, we invite you, worship with us, read with us, pray with us with us and uh, and make 22 a year of great freedom and growth in your life. The question I ask you today is why is it that so many Christians seem to lack that sense of fullness in their life? I believe it's simply because something is missing. Something is missing in our life. And I think it has to do a lot with the passage that we're going to read today. As a follower of Jesus, he wants me He wants you to be motivated by confidence in his ability to care for my needs. See, what we do is we want to be motivated by confidence in our ability, in our ability to care and meet for our own needs. That's what we do. We want to be in the control seat of life. We want to sit there and be the one that 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 is in control as long as that control benefits us. But when life gets out of control, we want to scream for help, and we'll scream for help to God or, 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 or anywhere else. And we think there, that, that the life that we live, the world in which we live, has answers for all the problems that we face. We think that money will be that solution, or a relationship will be that solution, or, 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 or a new job, or whatever it may be, a new thing that can bring peace and joy and fulfillment in our life. And when that is not there, and we are lacking the peace and security that we're longing for, we find, we realize it's missing. 
And if we don't have a relationship with Jesus or we don't have an active, growing relationship with Jesus, then we begin to look for other ways to either meet that need or bring comfort to that need. It may be a prescription. It may be a, a, a bottle. It may be a vice, an issue, whatever it may be. But it begins to be a chain in our life to bind us and hold us back. And so today, as a follower of Jesus, I believe he wants us to be motivated by confidence in his ability to care for our needs. And so life is not about getting through it in order to get to Jesus. Instead, it's about meeting Jesus right where you are. Because Jesus, the Bible says, is an ever-present help in our time of need. He's right here, and he is ready to meet you. He is ready. The Bible says in Revelation chapter 3, Jesus said, I stand at the door and knock. The door of what? The door of your heart, the door of your life. And Jesus said, if you will open the door, if any person will open the door for me, I will come in and I will have fellowship with him. Translation, I will have a relationship with that person. I will be there. I will be an ever-present help to help you in your time of need. But today we see this, that belief always precedes behavior. And the key today to lasting peace and joy is found in these two principles and in this passage of Scripture in Matthew chapter 6. If you want to know the key to lasting peace and joy, number one, you need to know what to fight. And number two, you need to know how to fight. So let's dive in today and see what Matt, what Jesus says to us in Matthew chapter 6, a continuation of the sermon on the mount. Jesus says in Matthew 6, 25, this is why I tell you. He's already talked about how a man cannot serve two masters because if you serve two masters, it's impossible because you'll love one and hate the other. You can't do it. You can't serve God in money. And where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be. And so Jesus said, that's why I'm telling you, don't worry about your life. Don't worry be happy. We could have called the sermon that today. We could have talked about that very thing and said, hey, don't worry. Don't, 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 don't worry, but be happy. But today, we're going to talk about how to fight for it. And this is why you have to fight for it. If you want to fight, if you want to have lasting peace and joy in your life, it is something that you have to fight for. You've got to fight to keep it. And so that's where we are today. You've got to be, you got to know what to fight, first of all, before you even know how to fight. And Jesus said, don't worry about your life. Because what, he says, don't worry about what you will eat or what you will drink or about your body, what you will wear. And he asked a question, isn't life more than food and the body more than clothing? The word worry in the Bible means this. It means to be split in half, to be cut in two, to be divided. And when we worry and it brings anxiety, it brings division in our life. And it causes us to lose sleep. It causes us to either lose weight or gain weight. It causes us to have a, a, a lot of different issues in our life. And it's the main, and stress is a main cause of health problems in America. And, and, and so the answer that we find, though, is not to find more rest. We need to work harder. We need to work longer. We need to put more in, and we need to put more effort into solving the problem. Jesus is saying just the opposite. He said, look, you got to know what to fight. He said, I'm telling you, don't worry about your life. 
Don't worry about what you eat or what you will drink. Don't worry about your body. Hey, I'll tell you what we eat and what we drink. We live to eat in America. We don't eat to live. <laughs> and that needs to be a change. And we try to change that in January. But somewhere around the Super Bowl, we get so frustrated with it. And most of the time we give up. We don't see the results quick enough that cause us or, st- or, or allow us to sustain ourselves. We want fast results. We want to get immediate results that bring immediate change to our consequences. And most of the time, that does not happen. And so Jesus said, life is more than food and the body is more than clothing. I love this. He says, look at the birds of the sky. They don't sow or reap or gather into barns yet your heavenly Father feeds them? This is a great question. He said, aren't you worth more than they? Aren't you more valuable than they are? I would say yes to that. But there's a lot of times in my life where I wonder, God, are you there? God, do you hear me? But in those times and those seasons of my life, I find myself more distant from God, and that's from my doing. That's because I retreat away from God. That's because I back away from God rather than going deeper in. We want God to fix our problems. We just don't want to give him any more of our time or our treasure or our talent. We don't want to give him any more of us. We want all of him, but we want to give him less of us. And that's not the way this process works. And God, Jesus, the creator of the world, saying, look at the birds. Let's use them as an example. They don't have storehouses. They don't have barns. They don't gather and do all of this stuff, but God takes care of them. And if God will take care of them, he said, you're more valuable than they are. I love this one. This was for me, I promise you. Can any of you add a single cubit to his height? In other words, can any of you add a single inch to your height by worrying about it? I'll promise you the answer to that is no. You can't do it. <laughs> you can't do it. You can't do those things. And so what Jesus is using is, is, is pr- are principles or, or issues that they're struggling with to bring a very important principle into their life. This is what we see. He said, so why do you worry about clothes? Why are you divided, torn in two about that? He said, learn how the wildflowers of the field grow. They don't labor or spend thread. He said, yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all of his splendor was adorned like one of these. Take the flowers of the field. Take those and look at the seasons of the year. We're in a season where everything is dormant and it's died unless it's evergreen. And, and, and then in the spring, they start to grow and bloom and blossom. In the summer, they're thriving and they're growing. And in the, in the fall of the year, they're dying and changing colors. There is beauty in all of those seasons, but there's also purpose in those seasons. And see, we look at this, if, if God's going to uh, allow the, he's going to speak these things into our life, then we've got to look at how he moves and works in the seasons of the year because we're going to experience those very same things in our life as well. And he said this, if this is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and thrown into the furnace tomorrow, won't he do much more for you? And then it's like, it's just, he says, you of little faith. And a lot of times I read that and I think, ooh, that's like a punch in the gut. It's really not. I don't believe Jesus said that to hurt people. I believe Jesus said that to awaken people. You of little faith. I want you to have great faith, but right now you have little faith. And so Jesus says, so don't worry. 
saying what will we eat or what will we drink or what will we wear or or where will we get the next payment or where will we come this or what's going to happen here. Don't worry about those things because this is what he says, for the idolaters eagerly seek all of these things, but yet your heavenly Father knows that you need them. Here are three things today when you think about knowing what to fight. The key to lasting peace and joy, three things today. Check this out. You have to surrender control. We've got to learn how to trust, and we've got to experience, in order to experience peace. A thought, a thought leads to a, a belief, which, or a thought leads to an action, which leads to an experience. I've got to think about it, act on it, and then experience it. So I have to surrender control. That happens in my mind. I've got to learn to trust. That happens with my actions. So then I can experience the peace of God in my life. I mean, this is a great statement. It says, worry does not empty tomorrow of its sorrow. It empties today of its strength. And when I think about surrendering control, I think about how I hold on to the wrong things and I I hang on to those things and I'm, I'm emphasizing the problem more than I am the Savior. Are you emphasizing the problems in your life more than you're emphasizing the Savior? Because the Word of God, the key to lasting peace and joy is found in the Word of God, praying, worshiping, surrendering more and more control of who you are and what you have to God. So stop giving anxiety, stress, worry, fear, doubt. Quit giving lust, lying, anger, wrath, bitter, malice. Quit giving those things power. Because when we think about those, we're surrendering control of our life over to those things, and it's giving them more and more power. In our fast-paced culture, stress is seen as the norm. And so stressed out, maxed out lives are what we live, but that's not what God said. God said, surrender control to me. Give it to me. And when you give it to me and you trust me with it, you're learning to trust. When I learn to trust, I, I, I have to learn to let go. Trust and control do not exist. You do not have control. And you could, well, I'll say this, you can have control or you can have trust, but you cannot have them together. And so God is saying, give me control so that I can teach you how to trust me. Trust comes in my actions. And so God never promises right now. What God promises is the right time. And that's very difficult because we want it right now. But God said, I'm going to give you the things you need the moment you need them. Because at just the right time, Ephesians chapter 2 tells us that Christ died for the ungodly. He says that you are, you are God's workmanship. You are his poem. You are his masterpiece, created in Christ Jesus to do good works. Jesus said, come to me, you who labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me because I'm meek and lowly in heart, and you'll find rest for your souls. When we surrender control and we learn trust, we experience peace. Peace is... It's it's such a fleeting thing today in our world. We have peace when everything around us is great. We think that God is pleased with us. He's happy with us. He's giving us good check marks. But when things are going bad, we believe just the opposite. And so what God wants us to understand is that we can even have peace in the midst of the most difficult storms. 
Jesus taught his disciples those very principles after this teaching. He lived them out. They were, being, they were in the, the storms of life. They were raging and beating upon them. And, and Jesus was asleep on the boat. One time he's walking on the waves of the water. He's bringing calmness and teaching them to, he's teaching them to trust him. And when they do that, they experience peace. See, here's the key to lasting peace and joy in our life. Number one, we got to know what to fight. Don't fight God. Don't fight his work in your life. Fight against worry. Fight against fear. Fight against doubt. Fight against a lack of faith. By building more faith in your life, by surrendering more and more control to God, by learning to trust in him more and more so that we can experience his peace over and over and over again. Because number two, you can't just, it's not just about knowing what to fight, it's knowing how to fight. And it's very simple, two verses. This is what he says. He says, but seek first. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all of these things will be provided for you. Verse 34, he says, therefore don't worry about tomorrow because tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. But seek first the kingdom of God. It's as simple as one verse. To tell you a little bit about me, that's probably one of the biggest struggles that I have. It's one of the biggest struggles that I have is, 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 is seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness because I, I want to seek other things. I want to seek other things. Even when I get up in the morning, the first thing that I do is the first thing that I do is to seek God and his righteousness not usually, but I'm working to change that in my life. I'm working to do that, those things. This device right here is an albatross many times around my neck. I'm wor- wor- looking on social media to see who likes this or who likes that, to see what other people are doing, to see this or to see those things, or just to get lost in the daily news cycle. So what did I do? I just deleted it. I just deleted it because it, it robs me of peace and joy in my life when I get up and that's the first thing that I do, it's a problem when this thing is attached to me because I don't want to miss a text message or a phone call or an email or, or an update or this or that. It's an issue. So for me, for me, I, it's not really about giving up food or, or, or changing this or that in my life. It's saying no to that. Why? So that I can do this because I, I, I've got to know what to fight. And when I, when I pinpoint those things, you've got to know what to fight. What is it? What are you, what are you fighting against? And you got to know what you're fighting for. I'm fighting for my faith. I'm fighting for my family. I'm fighting for my future. And so I'm fighting for those things. I know what I'm fighting for. So now I've got to know what to fight against. I got to know what to fight against. I'm fighting against worry and doubt and fear and all of these vices that are there. And so God gives me an answer. He says, Jeff, this is how to fight. Seek me first and my righteous ways. And then everything that you're worried about, everything that you're missing in your life, everything that you need will be given to you. I, in other words, God said, I will take care of the rest. So his word has to be first. I, I mean, why? Why don't we read this? We don't read it because we don't make time to read it. We, read, we don't read it because we make excuses about not reading it. We don't read it because we're probably afraid of what he's gonna ask of us. But the reality is it's less about what he asks of us and more of what he wants for us. And I'm gonna challenge you today. Make, not just pray about it, read about it. 
Read about the goodness of God. Read about his ways and his righteousness and then give yourself to him. Because he tells us, he tells us everything right here. He said, if you seek me first, if you seek my righteous ways, everything else will be given to you. Everything else that you need will be added to you. He says, therefore, don't worry about tomorrow. It's got enough worry for itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. You see, here's what I've realized. My thoughts determine my actions, and my actions determine my direction. So yes, I'm going to think about it. What I think about is what I act on, and, what I, and, and that's how I act. Now I act, it determines what I experience. My thoughts, they determine action. Action determines my direction. So what direction are you headed in today? Take action today against your anxiety. Take action today. Do something to act against anxiety in your life because we all have it. We all have it. I'll tell you, when you stand in the mirror and what you see is generally not what other people see because we see it every day. We see the mistakes, we see the failures, we see the wrinkles, we see the lines, we see the pain, we see the hurt. We see all of these things on a daily basis and therefore we think other people see the same, but they don't. And we, when we feel that way, we think that God sees that. But in reality, God sees much deeper than that. He sees all the way to our heart. And Jesus gives us an answer. He said, I'm knocking. If you would just open the door, I would come in and I will help you. And his help will always bring lasting peace and joy. So today, it's very simple. Never underestimate the ripple effect of one simple act of obedience. What can you do today? One simple act of obedience that could ripple all throughout your world and your life and bring lasting life change and have a powerful effect over every issue you face. Because when you make God your first priority, you will never, ever come up short. Let's pray together today. God, I pray for the people that are listening and watching. I pray for the issues that they face today. Lord, I pray first of all for their heart. I pray for the things that they're afraid of, the things that cause them to worry, that bring stress and anxiety and fear and doubt in their life. I pray against those things in the name of Jesus. And I ask, God, that you would bring lasting joy and peace in their life, that you would give them time to sit down and ask, what am I fighting for? And what am I fighting against? Lord, help them to define what to fight. And then may they be reminded of Matthew 6, so that they know how to fight. And God, that they would never underestimate the ripple effect of one simple act of obedience. And that they would make you the very top priority in their life so that they'll never come up short. In Jesus' name.